You're listening to The Hot Tag with the real tag team champs, Matty Ice and Axel the Axeman, where we talk everything wrestling. This episode of Hot Tag is brought to you by... Hey, Matty Ice, I'm kind of hungry. Yeah, you know what? So am I. Let's go get us a pizza or something. Order a pizza in. No. Why would we order a pizza when we could have pile driver pizza? Comes in four awesome varieties. Pepperoni, sausage and pepperoni, four cheese, and supreme. Ooh, sounds delish. Give me a supreme. All right, let's go down in the store. And if you guys are hungry too, you can get them in a store near you. This is Axel the Axeman, and you're listening to Hot Tag with the Beer City Boys on the Anchor Podcast app. Welcome back to Hot Tag with the Beer City Boys. Matty Ice, as always, to my left, the Axeman. Axeman started the new job this week. Played a round of golf on Monday. We both sucked it up. We had a nice lunch, though. Got on the Hams Highway, made a guy laugh about the Hams Highway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hams doesn't quit until you do. <laughs> that guy had a good chuckle about that. He's probably still laughing today about it. <laughs> yeah, probably. So. Um, yeah, yeah, when I got home on Monday, Ashley's like, oh, how'd you do? I was like, oh, it was okay, yeah, we did all right. She's like, well, who won? I was like, we didn't keep score. She's like, what do you mean you didn't keep score? We're not good enough to keep score. <laughs> I was like, it was just for fun. So, yeah, and then now the cold weather's setting in, starting to set in at least. Yeah, I mean, if we we're if we were keeping score, it it would it would have probably been a tight run, I would assume. You think so? I think so. I don't know. Cause uh, I mean, regardless of how how many or uh, how close I got it to the or how many or. Uh, like, how many shots it took me to get to the green? I think you were uh, doing a little better job on putting. So, maybe, possibly, potentially. I mean, you, I'd... You did shift that one ball in, right? Yeah, yeah. On, so, I think that was seven? I don't remember. Yeah, so... That was luck. I don't know, I think it was skill, but... Flash in the pan. But uh, it was good. It was really good. So, now we're uh, just in time for the cold weather here. Yeah. Well, um, with wrestling this week, I'm a little behind because since I did start a, a new uh, new job, I, I've been paying attention to that instead of wrestling. So, um, I did see some things. Um, I was getting ready to watch some stuff when, when you got here, but... Uh, Obviously, uh, I didn't. Cat keeps waking me up early, so that stinks. Uh, but yeah, where uh, where you want to start? Um, I don't know. Let's uh, let's start with WWE, I guess. Um, I I didn't. Well, now that I lost my cable, I'm, like, totally out of the game. But, um, um, I know that L.A. Knight, they, him and Roman signed paperwork, and they, they were jaw-jacking back and forth, and, um, <clears throat> L.A. Knight popped, a uh, a line off from Roman's past, you know, how they usually kind of go back against somebody's past of like a, a a former promo or something like that. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said something from a promo when Roman was uh, cutting the promo on uh, Seth Rollins. So, and chirped back at him about <laughs> that. So, which LA Knight is like Probably one of the better promo guys that's that's around. 
Yeah, yeah, he can definitely hold his own up against a lot of them guys. Um, yeah. You know, I think right now the only person that WWE has who's better than him is probably The Miz. Um, I mean, Kevin Owens is pretty solid, too. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think it's like Miz, Kevin Owens, and um, uh, LA Knight that probably cut some of the best promos in WWE. Yeah. Yeah. So, but SmackDown was here on Friday. It was. Yeah. I um, got a couple random pictures from some friends of mine. Uh, one was from a, a WWE tractor trailer that was parked um, in the um, Oak Creek area. That was pretty cool. I didn't even put two and two together that SmackDown was in town. So until I got that that picture, and I'm like, oh, SmackDown. Then on Friday night, I got another interesting photograph from uh, one of our good friends, Brandino. Yeah, he went to SmackDown. He went to SmackDown. Nice. He didn't respond back to me, but nice. I'm sure he took the boy. Yeah, I'm sure he took a. Uh, um, Nicholas. So. Yeah. I'm sure they probably had a blast. Huh? I'm sure he was, like, hulking up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I forgot SmackDown was coming to town. I knew that a while back ago. Um, in, like... Like, this summer, I knew they were coming, and I said something to Ashley about going. She was like, okay, yeah, let's go if you want to go. And then I kind of forgot all about it and never bought tickets or anything, but... Yeah. I'm sure it was a good show. Um, I mean, when when they do SmackDowns and stuff like that, it's... <clears throat> um, It's all production base so like everything's got to work like clockwork so it's not really um the greatest i mean i I think i've told you this many times if the live events are way better so oh then tapings then the then the um the broadcasting or the tapings or whatever so because you don't get um, well, everything that you see on TV is what you see at the arena, so. Oh, yeah, I guess. So you see all that backstage stuff. At the live events, I mean, they just got a, they got a card. I mean, it's more like an indie thing, but, um, and you'll see them interacting with the fans and whatnot, so a little more on the, the, um, the live events. So, like, for instance, at a live event, you know, Kevin Owens is working somebody, and somebody in the front row will be like, hey, you're boring or something like that because Kevin Owens is wrestling or whatever. And he'll be like, oh, you want to see boring? <laughs> and he'll put the the guy in a headlock for like 10 minutes and be like, yeah, now, now what's boring, buddy? <laughs> you know? So that aspect of things is a little more intriguing because obviously when it comes to Raw or SmackDown... Or even superstars or anything that's going to be televised. Um, they got to think about TV so they can't really do all that stuff. Except for when it comes to like commercial breaks. I mean, you could see... Yeah, them wrestle through the commercial them, break. Them wrestle through the commercial break. <clears throat> so. So, yeah. But, I mean, as far as I know, it's kind of like the only big thing I heard on the WWE. I mean, I think it's going to kind of suck that um, that I don't have cable anymore. So, 
I mean, it's not like I was really watching a whole lot to begin with anyways. Yeah, but still, I I totally get you about the cable thing. Um, but um, one thing you did miss uh, when you were running through WWE stuff is uh, Lexus King made his debut oh. at uh, Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Um, obviously, he won. I I um uh, I went to try to watch it, but um. I did not get a chance to because Peacock um, doesn't air it live. So I thought they did for whatever reason. They don't do the pay-per-view live? How are you supposed to watch a pay-per-view then? No, they don't do um, oh. uh, NXT live. I thought they did. Because Halloween Havoc was just a special. It wasn't actually a pay-per-view. No, yeah, yeah, it's just their TV special. Okay. Okay, I didn't realize that. Um, but, yeah, I didn't realize that they they don't air it on Peacock, so they uh, broadcast it, like, the next day or something. Hmm. So, which is disappointing. Because yeah. I was kind of looking forward to watching it, because my dad was... I was talking with my dad during that time that... Lexus King debuted, <clears throat> and he's like, oh, here he is now. So I went up to my bedroom and tried to watch it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't watch it. It's not on. So I was pretty bummed about that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Hopefully they give him a good push. I mean, um... They're going to break out the storyline with him being upset with his dad and stuff like that. Uh, um. I, I, I think they'll, they'll, do, they'll do him justice, I think. Um, I, I think they were going to do Curtis Axel, <clears throat> Joe Henning, a little better too once he changed his name to Curtis Axel. Um, because he had like a lame name at the beginning or something like that. Hmm. I I forgot his name when he first came in, but it was something something like really lame. Hmm. So, but then once he changed his name to Curtis Axel and started winning the Intercontinental title, he kind of got a good push, and then I don't know what happened from there. And then he went, and him and Bo Dallas were the B team. Yeah, that's right. So, which was, it was entertaining, but it wasn't uh, the limelight that I would have liked to see Curtis Axel being. So. Yeah, well, it just, with any wrestling company, it just kind of stinks, because, like, if you... Get get your push, and then you get a little lackluster, either from you or the crowd just not interested in whatever they're pitching for you to do. You kind of fall back at the wayside and kind of get lost a little bit. Um, so it's just kind of one of those things, you know. Um, but, yeah, hopefully he um, continues to get a good push, and, I don't know, maybe he'll be... NXT champ, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, um, what he's gonna do. I'll be interested to see, like, once he's, obviously he's gonna be on this NXT run for, like, a year or so, plus, I'll be interested to see what they're gonna do with him when it comes time for him to go to the main roster, you know, since he's not a very big guy, I don't know. I mean, Vince isn't really in charge anymore, so maybe that's not a thing. Yeah. Oh. Michael McGillicuddy, that was his first name. <laughs> Michael mm. McGillicuddy. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know how they came up with that one, but mm. um, I don't know. But that didn't really make sense. Mm. 
But the Curtis Axel, I mean, that uh, paid homage to his dad, Kurt Henning, and his grandfather, Larry Axel. That made sense. Right. Right. But the Lexus King, I mean, um, I forgot what he said, uh, what the names meant. I know his stepdad's last name was King or something. Something like that, and, um, I don't remember where the Lexus comes from, but, uh. Um, his grandma or something, or? Yeah, I don't remember. I'd have to rewatch that promo again. Yeah. I'm sure he probably re-explained it when he showed up howling havoc too after he won. No, I think he I think that was it. I think he just had his match. Oh, I thought he cut a, I thought he cut a promo afterwards. He might have. I don't know. We didn't watch it. Yeah. Oh well, whatever. But Yeah, I hope the best for him, hopefully, yeah. Push him to the moon. Yep. So, but last week's podcast was uh, sponsored by Ashley's Diner. Making one sandwich at a time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Breakfast, yeah. No, yeah, that was good. Breakfast sandwich. And this week is uh, Nature's Touch Strawberry yeah. Milk. <laughs> Brought to you by the lovely folks at Quick Trip. Get yours today. At a Quick Trip near you. Um, yeah, uh, shifting gears a little bit. Scott Demore came out and said that uh, when they do change Impact over to back to TNA... Uh, obviously, it's going to be in January of 24, but they're going to have a new set and everything. Mm -hmm. So maybe they are going to bring back the... I mean, I doubt it. I know you and I talked about it while we were golfing and stuff, and you said that six-sided ring was pretty stiff. But I don't know. That's what made uh, TNA what it is today. I mean, yep. hopefully... I mean, if they don't bring back the six-sided ring, I'm not going to be too upset, but... I just hope that they go back to their roots, not only like with the name, but like that X division carried that company. I mean, then obviously I get it in the mid 2000s, you know, they got Sting and Kurt Angle, Booker T, Kevin Nash was there again. Uh, the main event mafia. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they had all those guys and... And whatever group the player had with the four horsemen. I don't know who they were. Yeah, Flair was in a group with it was like him and AJ Styles and they had so many yeah. groups and stuff and some of it was good, some of it was okay, some of it was garbage, but they really like went away from their roots in the mid two thousands and they weren't like riding that X division like they were before and that was like their bread and butter. Yeah, I mean don't get me wrong, they had other good stuff too. But, I mean, that X Division was... And that X Division match was something unique, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the with the ropes above the ring, with the belt on there. Like, that was cool. That was something different. I'd like to know who came up with that idea. That's a, that's a cool idea. Yeah. Um, but I was listening to uh, a podcast on uh, with uh, CBV, Chris Van Fleet. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was... Talking about Impact transferring over to TNA. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, if you're going to do it, you got to go all in and have the six-sided ring. He's on my side then. He's man. on your side. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but from what I, what I understand is that that ring was pretty tough on your body. There wasn't a whole lot of give to that. I mean... It's not like there's a whole lot of give to a wrestling ring regardless, but yeah. the six-sided ring had way less give. Yeah. And it wasn't as um, bouncy. You know, when, when you're bouncing off the ropes in the six-sided ring, you weren't, you're not really bouncing off the ropes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <clears throat> not, well, not, not, not like you do in the four-sided yeah, ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you got that give. 
I don't know. I mean, it, it, like I like I said, if they don't, it's no big deal. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. But uh, it just like that's something that brings back classic childhood memories for me. You know, I, like it's one of those things. You know, everybody has that moment in wrestling that they really relate to and remember. And I don't know, that X Division was 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 good and yeah you know when i first saw impact for the very first time i was like oh my gosh what is this what is this and i was like hooked from the beginning um and i even think the first tna match i ever saw was like um it was like road dog conan and ron killings against three other guys i can't remember um and yeah the those guys were good. What what were they like? The can't remember what their name was. Uh, that'll come to me eventually. But um, yeah, just seeing that six sided ring was crazy at the time. And so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, well, I mean, it, what would be interesting is if they kept it in a four sided ring, right? Mm-hmm. But then brought the six sided ring for like a couple major pay per views. Like Slammiversary? Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. And what? what's the one coming up here? Oh, Hard to Kill. Hard to Kill? Yeah, that's their first pay-per-view as, T- like, as TNA again. Like having that as like the six-sided ring kind of deal? You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool, yeah. Because um, didn't they... Because then there was like a period of time where like TNA was in this weird um, transition where they kept like transitioning from like um, TV channel to TV channel and then they transitioned to a diff- couple different companies and changed their name a few times before they landed on Impact. I think like, yeah, like around like 2013 or 14 or something like that, they... Had a lot of switching around to some stuff, and they I think they did go back to the six sided ring for a little bit, and then they went yeah. back to four. Um, they did. Whereas, like that weird period where like Mick Foley was there and Jeff Hardy was back, and um, <laughs> they had like just tried to assign anybody that had like a name behind them to get people to watch because it was like nothing going on. Yeah, it's like that, and I. EC3 was there for a little bit at that time, too, and Matt Hardy was there again. Yeah, it was just, like, a weird period where they were, like, they just didn't have, in my opinion, at that time, they just didn't have anything. They were just surviving, you know? Right. And it's strange that, like, TNA, Impact, or whatever, um, like, it had its up. And then it went back down, and then it thrived, and then it went back down. And, you know, I mean, now, in today's atmosphere, it's 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 thriving now, too, on what they have now. And, well, and realistically, I mean, what do they have? They have, like, basically an independent promotion that's on a national streaming service, or national TV, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, they have some fairly deep... I mean... Well, I mean, uh, I'm not saying, like... No, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah, their talent-wise is, like... Yeah. It's solid. Yeah. But I'm just saying, as a whole, like... I mean, they don't have the... The money behind them, but... Right. They're still thriving. Right. And they're putting on a... A solid product. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, I, I, I get what you're saying, yeah. It's... I just think that they've done a, they've been able to do a really good job of making a good, solid product. Yeah, not everything they've done has been, like, must-watch or, oh, that was good or whatever. But, like, they've done really good with new, young talent, very talented guys. Like, they've backed their guys, like, um, you know... So I mean, I think Scott Demore has done done a really good job of uh, really like molding them young guys into into good. I mean, you know, like we were talking last week, like Diana Perazzo. I mean, she's 
forgotten about a lot of the time, but she's, you know, definitely one of the best women's wrestlers there is right now. I mean, I don't know who's better. I mean, and, and I don't want to say, but at the time, you know, Tessa Blanchard, I mean, I know she's definitely fallen off because of her bad attitude, but, I mean, she was one of the best wrestlers there was, you know, what, two, three years ago, so. Right. And she was hanging with, you know, Brian Cage and a lot of them guys in the ring, so. You know, just like little little things like that, I mean, really help impact stick around. Yeah. Um, they've always had their moments and they always stuck around. Yeah. You can't get rid of them. No, that's why that they had, did that. That's why they do that pay-per-view, Hard to Kill. Yeah. No matter how much you squish them, they just never go away. Right. You know, especially at one time, they were, you know... Obviously, they were the number two in America behind WWE, but they were they were doing some work in the mid two thousands, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, they were. So, did we talk about Flair coming back? Was that this week? That happened this week. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we talked a little bit about like, um. Oh, what if he did for Stings? Yeah. Or whatever, but... Because of uh, Vince Russo. Yeah. Your, your, uh, your best bud. Which... Maybe Tony Khan, like, saw that article and was like, Oh, we need to get a hold of Flair so he shows up. Yeah, so he's actually gonna wrestle. So, but I don't, I don't think Flair's going to actually wrestle. Um, I just think he's just along for the, the Stinger final ride, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, it was interesting to see that, uh, he came out for that, so. I don't know. On how WWE is portraying that because he's had his ups and downs with WWE over the past few years of not being associated with them and then being associated with them, having everything taken away from them and then giving it back and blah, 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 blah. So, <clears throat> well, we'll see where this goes for him and WWE and Charlotte and all that stuff. I don't want to speak illy on Rick, but I just feel like he's at the point in his life where he's going to do whatever the cash tells him to do. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, 100%. I, I, think, I think he's probably hurting a little bit for some money. So, you know, if Tony Khan's like, Oh, hey, Rick, uh, I got a you know, whatever dollar amount. For you to show up a couple of times and do some stuff, you know, Rick's gonna jump all over it. Right. Um, but then again, you know, do you blame the guy um, for doing that? I mean, he's got to live, he's got to make a living, he's got to, he got bills to pay and things like that. You know, what does WWE do for him? You know, I, I, that I don't know. I don't know if WWE sends him some money for being on the network like i don't know how those deals work to be honest with you like i i i don't know you would think that there'd be like some sort of computer algorithm out there that shows yeah i don't even think like ah who was it maven i've been watching maven on youtube and he's been breaking down wwe royalties and all that stuff occasionally and I don't really think that they get a whole lot of royalties off of the uh, the network. The network. Hmm. So so because it's not like um, the TV sale, uh, the the DVD sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where there's like a physical physical dollar amount that you're you're paying to for this dvd yeah so yeah i mean that's why i was saying like 
you would think by now there'd be some sort of algorithm that shows like, oh, this episode of Raw was watched, and oh, you were on it, and user 14 watched the whole thing, so okay, here's, you were in the show for whatever amount of time, here's 12 cents, and then, I don't know, I don't know. But then you would definitely, even if they don't do it off like individual episodes of Raw or SmackDown or whatever, you would think they'd at least do it off of, um, like the documentaries or something. Yeah. Like if, if there's a documentary about Andre the Giant and Flair's in there for 15 minutes and somebody watches it, you'd think Flair would get X amount for royalties. Or if like somebody watches a Ric Flair documentary, like he'd get some money from that or something. Uh, I mean, that might be the case. <clears throat> You know, I, that would be a little easier to track than I guess. But you got a lot of these guys that don't have documentaries on them. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I think um, I listened to, this was a couple weeks ago, I listened to a documentary where Jesse Ventura was on. And uh, obviously we all know he's a little... <laughs> He's a little strange sometimes, but he was talking about how he doesn't get royalties for um, for being on the network or whatever either. Like, right. and I well, get, maybe that's where I heard it from. I, and I know he was pretty pissed about that. Right. Um, and I think he... And he's the one that challenged Vince for all those royalties. I think, yeah, I think that's what it was. He challenged him and he did get some money. Yeah. Uh, for that or whatever, and and I think he was saying like he didn't really need the money, but he was trying to help the boys, kind of thing. Right. So, um, so yeah. So I don't know. He's running. I guess he's gonna try to run for president. Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Well, I don't vote, but I mean, if he runs for president, I might I might sign up for the vote. You never know. <laughs> yeah, because I think he he wants to run as an independent. Maybe Ric Flair should run. Mm, no. Jesse Ventura. Okay, I, I get on the, I'd get on the backs of that, but I don't know about uh, former governor of Minnesota. The body. Maybe, maybe you could be his running partner. Maybe. <laughs> or we could get Ed to run with him. So you'd have the body and the Bassmaster. Well, I mean. It might, there, there's some technical difficulties on it on the Bassmaster. Yeah, okay. I mean, he may or may not be a citizen. So, I guess yeah, he's got his own country. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but uh. Anyways, I guess we'll get out of the politics and back to wrestling. Uh. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you saw this, but last night, Kenny Omega and uh, MJF wrestled for the AEW uh, heavyweight title. Five-star match? That's what I hear. Um, obviously, I didn't see it. I was busy last night. The wife and I went to a concert, but um, I did see some clips. I saw Kenny Omega powerbombed MJF through a table, so that was cool. Um, MJF won. Yep. Um, I don't know. My initial... Kenny did cut a promo after the match and was like, you're the man, blah, blah, blah. You're going to take this company places. I just... My only thing is, um, since I didn't really see the match, I can't speak on that. And I need to sit down and watch it, but, um, just seems to me that even though MJF has been AEW heavyweight champ for a while now, he just hasn't really done much, and he's kind of taken a backseat to other things that have gone on, uh, especially with this CM Punk issues and this and that, and seems like that any time I do get on social media, AEW is always talking about um, JY and the Gun Club and Kenny Omega and the Bucks and 
John Moxley and Ray Phoenix and this and that and like it's cool that they're like highlighting those guys but um I just, not a lot's been said about MJF. I don't feel like he's been in a like top storyline. And then like when he is in storylines, he's with Adam Cole. So yeah, he's holding the belt, but he's not really like booked as a champ if that makes sense. He's not really booked as the guy. Right, yeah, and I, that's what, yeah, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Which, I mean, I think they, they put him as the guy. I mean, they have that story with Jay White, but then out of nowhere, Kenny Omega comes in and challenges him on collision for the AEW world title. Doesn't really make sense. Yeah, that's the booking that I don't like about AEW. I mean, you got a storyline going with Jay White, so I mean... I mean, shouldn't you be having that feud going on? Right. Shouldn't you be, like, finishing that story before you just throw a random match with Kenny Omega in there? Yeah. And I get it, like, some of the random matches are, are cool... Don't get me wrong, I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, I'm not going to go back and watch this and it probably is going to be a, a pretty good match, but what happened to the, how at the beginning they're like, oh yeah, wins, wins and losses matter, there is going to be a ranking system, like, what happened to that? I don't know. And, like, I don't necessarily, like, watch AEW all the time, so I'm, Maybe Kenny Omega is technically number one because of wins and losses or whatever. But if they're in the middle of a program, like... Jay the... White has the Triple B. He's in possession of the Triple B. Like, he stole it somehow or whatever and has possession of the Triple B. What's the Triple B? The Burberry Belt. Oh. The AEW World title. So MJF doesn't even have it? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So it really makes no sense. I mean, it's kind of like... Um, CM Punk saying that he's the real world's champion. And having matches for the real world's championship belt... And MJF being the AEW World Champion. And having separate matches of his own. <laughs> it makes no sense. It almost goes back to the interim belt deal. Yeah. That's so dumb. Like, you're either hurt and you're out and you had to vacate the title. Or you're injured and you just need to miss a few weeks and you're just going to cut promos and be there and then be able to wrestle later. Like, there is no in-between. It's just, you're either hurt or you're not. Right. The, 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 that's all it is. I mean, I, I don't know why Tony went about this interim thing and why people, why there needs to be 14 different belts of the same. Well, I mean, I, I understand why he, he went with the interim thing. He wants it to make more, like, combat sport related, like, um, UFC kind of stuff, because they have the interim belts. But as soon as they're healthy, like, they have the two collide. And unify the belt. Yeah. Well, I still hate the interim belt. Even if he wants to go off of the UFC thing or not. But, okay. Let, let's go back a little bit. Let's say he does want to be like the UFC thing. The interim belt, fine, whatever. UFC doesn't... Somebody doesn't show up and say, Oh, I want to challenge for the middleweight belt. And they're like, Well, this guy's next in line. Well, forget that other guy. Well, yeah, that's fine. Like they don't skip people. Like, when it's your turn, it's your turn. Well, yeah, they yeah they do have your turn, your turn. But, like, for that intern belt and whatnot, like, say you're the world champion, right? And mm -hmm. you break your leg, so mm -hmm. you're out for six months, mm -hmm. right? And me and the Bassmaster have a match, have a fight, and I become the intern champion. Mm-hmm. Right? So then as soon as you get healthy, 
then we're fighting. Right, yeah, I knew that, yeah. Yeah. But, so that's how, it, that's how it should work. But with AEW, it doesn't work that way. Right. No. But what I'm saying, too, is like, if um, MJF and Jay White are supposed to have a match, and they're in UFC, and then Kenny Omega comes around, and he's like, wait, I want to challenge for the belt. They're not like, okay, Jay White, you got to wait. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're not going to do that. So that's like where I'm, I kind of like hate the one-off booking, like, yeah, and like WWE has done that before, but I feel like only in like instances where it makes sense. Right. So like, you know, I'm trying to think of like, like, um, I can't think of the full story. So this is gonna sound goofy, but I know there was a time when Triple H was world heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. And he lost to, I don't know, Shawn Michaels or Chris Benoit or whatever. And then later on, they had worked it into the story where, like, both, like, Randy Orton and Triple H were going to be in a match. And Randy ended up winning the world title. So then the story was like, oh, he won. He's going to give the title back to Triple H. But he's like, no, I won. And then that's how they kicked him out of evolution kind of thing. Mm. So, like, was it Randy's turn to be champ or in the match no but they worked it into the storyline kind of thing you know what i mean like where it made sense like so he kind of skipped triple h in a way right but they worked it into like the next program so like it would have only to me it would have made more sense if kenny would have attacked jay white to take the you know the next run you know what i'm saying like right yeah, yeah, like yeah. you got it you can't just be like oh i want to it's my turn like yeah. I raised my hand first, like, it's just, I don't know. And if they were going to have a one-off match, it shouldn't have been for the title. It should have just been a match. Right. And then been like, oh, if Kenny Omega wins, then he has a title shot. Right. Future title shot. Yeah, so, I don't know. That's why AEW is so different. But everybody loves it. Yeah, it's legitimately um, early 2000s WCW. Yeah. I saw a stat on... I don't know when I saw it. Friday night or Saturday? Jeff Jarrett has wrestled more matches than um, Kenny Omega, MJF. It was like Brian Danielson... And then there's like one or two other people, but like a bunch of big names. Hmm. The Jeff Jarrett has wrestled more matches in AEW than those guys this year. Hmm. That's crazy to me. The man's like, what, 60 years old? 50-something? Yeah, late 50s. I mean, not to take anything away from him, he's in, he's in good shape, but... Why? I mean... For one, I didn't think they... I thought they brought him in as, like, an extra guy and he'd wrestle here or there, you know, kind of like how Sting does, but... And you're leaning on this guy for a lot of matches. Um, It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, and you got... I mean, we talk about this every week, and I'm I'm almost sick of talking about it, so I'm sure everybody listening is sick of hearing about it, but... Right. With AEW, you got a roster of solid young guys... To build your company upon, and you decide to go out and continuously get these guys that are at the end of their career. For what? How are you building for the future? Yeah. Well, I just seen that Halloween Havoc, too, had like 80,000 views. The NXT Halloween Havoc is, on Tuesday. Is that good or bad? I don't know. Eight, eight, 800,000 views. Oh, 800,000. Oh, okay. That's a lot. Yeah, that's still more than what AEW had going up against NXT when they stacked the card at NXT, you know, mm-hmm. with Undertaker and John Cena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what does that tell you about your product, you know? And you have one of the best wrestlers in the world, Kenny Omega. Right. I mean, granted, Flair wasn't announced on the on the, on the the card, but... 
but still. Is he going to draw that many more people? Would you have turned it on and watched it if they would have announced it? Maybe. Uh, I mean, maybe, yeah. Maybe. I mean, I would have turned it on and, and caught Sting, too. But... I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think it's just one of those things. I think Tony is set in his ways. Well, it's like we talk about all the time. With the crowd that's back there, or with, with the talent that's back there, and how the young talent, some of them, don't, believe in getting help from the older wiser talent you know mm -hmm. i think that plays a big big hand in the card too of like they're putting on their match that doesn't make any sense with 10 suicide dives to the outside and 17 billion super kicks and you know and then dropping people on their head yeah well, I think it's one of those things where they did a lot of independent stuff, figured things out on their own, and they got over kind of like on their own, where they didn't have a lot of like big name guys like CM Punk or Sting or whatever around. So they're like, well, who are you to say anything? Look where I'm at without any of, you know what I mean? Like, um, and they think they're like over, over. I, I mean, Okay, let's let's break this down a little bit here. So, and nowadays, you can get over on social media. Mm -hmm. So, like, the Young Bucks, YouTube, social media. Right, they got over. They got over. So, everybody was a big Young Bucks fan because... It, they showed what it was like traveling, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then they brought in all their Yahoo friends. So then, you know, everybody's getting a rub off of that. So everybody's like into their characters, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and then you got guys that are ten second clip off of YouTube jumping off a building onto the back of a pickup truck full of barbed wire or whatever the case is. Oh well, that guy's that guy's crazy good. Look at him. Mm -hmm. Like, all that stuff, and yeah, they, they might have the crowd popping or whatnot, but, I mean, sometimes you can get the crowd popping just with simple arm drag takeover. And that's what wrestlers don't understand. Some of them today is like, some of the simplest things of like, building up the crowd and whatnot, And letting them, like, organically make it happen. Instead of, like, forcing upon them. Right. Because, I mean, how much cheering do you hear at these shows? Yeah. What, what, do, you, what do you get at a show when somebody jumps out, out, of, the, um, out of the ring? Right. You know? The Holy Shnikes chant. Or ECW or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But you don't, you don't really hear crowds like getting into it, you know, like the the clapping of hands, trying to get the the um, the face back into it, getting a um, the comeback on them, you know. You don't you don't get that. I mean, you don't even really get that at the, the independent level either. Because everybody's used to everybody dying outside the freaking ring. Right. And it's lame. So you're, you're, you might as well just produce the whole match. I mean, that's, that's why you hear some people are like, oh yeah, we gotta, we gotta write out our whole match. We gotta, we gotta do it all, you know? 
instead of just working it out of the ring and feeling the crowd. Right. If you do it out of the ring and feel the crowd, well, then it's going to be organic and, you know, you're going to get more people into it. Because regardless how hard you try, if you're not, if, if you got the, the baby face trying to get a clap going, you know, I mean, people will be like, and then as soon as the baby face is done clapping, then, well, then they're done, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. It's not like Hulkamania. Right. <clears throat> you know, when he's beat down in a headlock and his arm's going down for the second time and then all of a sudden the ref goes up and the, the crowd's like elevating and he's just like, nope, and then they just pop once he raises his arm and is like starts the Hulk up. Yeah. You know? So you do have to admit that like, even though you and I are, and a lot of people aren't Hulk Hogan fans, he did have a crowd in the palm of his hands the whole time. I mean, he was... Well, that was wrestling back in the yeah, day. Yeah, he was the bee's knees. That was wrestling back in the day. They built they that's that's the art of wrestling is just that storytelling in the ring. Yeah. And give them that roller coaster ride of that elevation right off the bat, and then you bring them down, and then you bring them back up, and then you can bring them back down. It's just a roller coaster ride. Yeah. You know, and then you finally get that that moment. So. Yeah. You know, if if some of these guys would actually, I mean, this kind of hurts me to say. I mean, MJF, he does do some things right. Yeah, he really does. I mean, he got a he got mean, got a freaking kangaroo kick over. Right. The dumbest. Move. I mean, essentially, it's like instead of it being like a drop kick, you know, like you'd normally see from the sideways, from the side where he'd land on his hip, right? He just lands on his butt and his back, right? You it's know. like the Cobra Strike, you know, yeah, like with Santino, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, right, it's dumb, but for some reason, they they get it over. I mean, right, so I mean, like MJF, too. I mean, I think him turning face right now, I mean, if you want to call him a face or whatever, I mean, him just toning it down, I think brought him into new light. Yeah. Um, because whenever you talked about MJF before, it was usually, well, MJF just threw water on a kid, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or flipped some kid off and made him cry. Right. You know? Um, you just hear all these horror stories from him. And I think that him stepping away from all those, those, those stints and whatnot and becoming uh, more of a a face, and he can still be a heel, you know, he can still call himself the devil or whatever the case is, um, he, um, I think, I think he'll be more relatable in the future, and he won't have to go, like, outlandishly over the top, right, and do something stupid like that, so... And I think that's that's where a lot of the vets were going too, when he was going over the top and and whatnot of like, hey man, you don't have to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no need for that. For sure. Well, almost out of time. Yep. Well. So. Got any quick hits? Um. Not really. I mean, I've been watching a little little more Impact a little bit. Um. So. And uh, I don't know. I'll try to see about watching a little more smack or a little more um, um, uh, 
uh, NXT. So, have to pay attention to NXT when it comes out. Yeah, for sure. So, since I can't watch Raw or SmackDown, really, because it's a month behind. Hmm. Yeah, they're going to get that up to date. I wish it was more up to date. I wish it was like a week behind instead of a month. Yeah. You know? Hmm. I can understand, like, you know, Raw comes out on Monday. Well, here's last week's Raw. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. And they rather have it be a week behind then. Or even like, oh, Raw came out on Monday. By Wednesday, Raw's on there. Or something like that. You know, or Tuesday or whatever. But then again, when they do that stuff, they're thinking about the, the views, you know? Yeah, I know. And some people will be like, well... I don't need to watch it on Monday. I can just watch it on the Peacock Network. Yeah, I guess. You know? I guess. That sort of thing. So it kind of forces you, if you want to stay current on the product, you got to have cable. Bastards. Or know somebody that knows somebody. Well, I know someone who knows someone. Right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, got a wrestler of the week? We'll go with Lexus King. Yeah? Okay. I'm down with that. Didn't get to see his match, but uh, just hoping for the best for him. Okay. Well, mine's going to be out of left field for you. Are you ready for this? Sunny kiss? <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know? No, uh, I'm going to go with um, I'm gonna go with Sky Blue. Um, I know you haven't been watching a lot of AEW. Um, oh, I see your stuff. But she uh, likes her butt. That's not why I'm picking her. But uh, no, I don't know if you knew this, but she got sprayed with that mist. Yeah. And she's kind of slowly like changing, kind of mm -hmm. like how um, um, Julia Hart. Yeah, Julia Hart did. Yeah. Uh, so. And Julia Hart got married to. Uh, Lee Johnson, yeah. Lee Johnson, shoddy Lee Johnson. Yeah, I saw that. Breaks my heart, too. Nah, that's all right. I mean, even though I'm <laughs> old enough to be your dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know. I'll be interested to see, like, what they're going to do with the sky blue thing, like, with her changing. Like, is she going to join House of Black? Like, is there a room for another chick in House of Black? Like, cause what they... Well, I think she sprayed somebody else, too. Sky Blue? No. Oh, uh, Julia Hart? Julia Hart. I think she sprayed somebody else um, as well. But it'll be interesting to see. Maybe maybe Julia has her own group? I was thinking either... Because I didn't know she sprayed somebody else, but I was thinking... I think she sprayed somebody else. I was thinking maybe that there's going to be like a women's tag division or something. Could be possible. I don't know. I mean, they're both like up and coming rising stars. I think so. Yeah, I, I think, and they're both Midwest girls. I thought Sky Blue was from Sky Blue's from Chicago. I thought she was from Florida. No, she's Chicago. Are you sure? Hundred percent. She was at BCW. I've seen that, but up close and in person. Yeah, <laughs> I was there with you, but I could have swore she's from Florida. Yeah. Maybe she's not. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Nope. She's uh, she's from Chicago. Um, and then Julia Hart's from, uh, Minnesota. I like how I say Minnesota. <laughs> hmm. I could have swore I heard somebody say she was from Florida one time. Oh, well, whatever, yep. So. Well. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it. Another week down. Another week down. We just gotta figure out what we're gonna do for next week. Yeah. I'm going to see the Pops. Right. You know what? Maybe just, I should try to get him on. You know what? Just have a conversation with him, and then leave me out of it, and then it'll be a surprise for me next week. Yeah. I'll try. Maybe I'll try to get him on. You just gotta have a conversation with him and hit the record button. I should. I should. Well, with that, 
think we'll put a bow on it for this week. That's right. All right, I got to get home. I got to work. Today's my Friday. Going into Monday, Tuesday. Looks like going to be crappy on Tuesday. Yeah, I know. Don't tell me about it. So. All right, well. We're done. We out. Later. Follow us on Twitter at BeerCityBoys1. That's the number one, not spelled out. Beer City Boys 1. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us by email. Our email is hottagpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Hot Tag out.